Tayere Chaveirim V'yedidim. About a year ago, Project Lekut Sichis was launched, an initiative to bring the Rebbe Sichis to all Yidin around the world. Now it's time for you to partner with Project Lekut Sichis. An invaluable resource for learning and understanding the Rebbe Sichis is being created. Partner with Project Lekut Sichis not only because you've certainly benefited from the Shiurim and the resources, but because this is the deepest passion of every chassid, to bring the Rebbe to everyone. The Rebbe, the essence of the Rebbe, is in a sichis, in a steira, supporting and partnering with Project Lekut Sichis is the greatest schos for you, for your family, and will bring you the greatest atzlacha in everything that you do, both begashmias and beruchnias. Thank you. We learned this week, Sicha Beis, in Chelek Yud, Parshas Vayechi, on page 167. Yaakov called his children, and he says to them, Hey, Osfu, gather. And I will tell you what will happen in the end of days. He Gather and listen. Omrud Azal, the Gemara says... Also quoted by Rashi with some changes, and that the Rebbe will discuss later in the Sichin Sivches. Yaakov desired to reveal to his children the end of all days when Mashiach is going to come. But the Shechina was removed of him and he did not reveal it to his children. So the question over here is. How do we see, how do we know that Yaakov desired to reveal to his children what's going to happen in the end of all times, the time of the arrival of the Gula? The simple meaning of what it says that Yaakov speaks to his children, it refers to the brachas and what the things that Yaakov speaks about later here in this parasha. Yes, mefarshim. So there are those that explain The proof is from the term the end of all days. which refers to the end of all days when the Giyula will come. We see this expression in different places in Tanakh as well. The meaning of is the end of all times when Mashiach will come. It's difficult to say that it's only the two words of Achres Ayamim that's the source of this pshat of Chazal. Aleph number one, Ein Zue Aspika. The two words of Achres Ayamim is not enough of a proof. Not always does Achres Ayamim mean the end of all times, the time of the Giyula. Bilam there uses this expression of Vachris Ayamim, or Medaba Bedavid, and he's talking about the time period of David Amelech. So the words Achris Ayamim in itself cannot be the only proof. Beis, Vafilim Noima, Shakan, Vachris Ayamim, Kavanose Leket Ayamim, even if here Achris Ayamim is referring to what's going to happen in the end of all times in the time of the Gola, Mawai Choche, Shiyakiv, Yakiv Bikesh, Legalois, Zelabonov. How do we know that Yakiv wanted to reveal to his children, Hainulahidium, Masayia, Ketsayamim, when will be the time of the Giyula? 
This is something which the Medrash says that it remains in the heart and it doesn't become other than the mouth. Even on higher levels above, this is something that the Nevi'im never prophesied about and this is something that which remains concealed even on higher levels. So how could it be that Yaakov wants to reveal such a deep secret? Even if Achras is referring to the end of all days, to the time of the Geula, can't we simply say, He wanted to share with them the occurrences of what's going to happen, as the Pasuk says, Different things that will happen in that time period after the Geula comes. Some of these things he actually did share with them later on in his words to the Shvatim. As Rashi later explains in the, in the parasha. So maybe Bachris Ayamam over here means that there were other things that Yaakov wanted to say and he didn't end up saying. Gimel, Kivan Mevir Rashi, since Rashi quotes this Gemara, everything Rashi says is only for the simple Pshat of the Pasik. So we must say that this is something that you can see in the simple Pshat of the Pasik. How is that? So the explanation here is as follows. First, Yaakov tells his children, gather and let me tell you what will happen at the end of all days. Then he tells them a second time, gather and listen. So it's clear that Yaakov here is referring to two different things. And they're so different He's telling them once to come and gather and listen, and then inviting them a second time to come and listen again. So he's not telling them anything that he was going to tell them before, but he's telling them something totally new and different. So what are these two things? We'll move on. When he says the second time, come and listen, that refers to what he ends up saying to them. That comes later here in the parsha. But it doesn't. Ref- what he said before, come and gather and listen. That he said before, that does not refer to what he says later on in the parsha. But now, if so, the question is: Why doesn't the pasuk tell us what it is that he wanted to tell them? And the Lamaloihigit, why didn't he tell them what he was planning and saying to them the first time he invited them and gathered them? Therefore, the Gemara says, Bikish Yaakov Legalis Levanov Yaman, that Yaakov desired to reveal to his children when will be the end of all days. He didn't end up revealing this to them because the Shechina was removed from him. So therefore the Torah doesn't tell us what it is that Yaakov told them because he didn't end up telling them anything. So then he again said to them, come and gather. He's gathering and inviting them again for something completely different. Not like the first time when he gathered them. Where he's inviting them to listen, to hear what's going to happen. Where there's a special ashra of the shechina that he, he was able to share this. And now there's something new that he's telling them, the brachas that he said to them. So it's, you see here clearly in the Pasik that there was two things. There was the v'heyosvu, and then there's the hikotzu v'shimu. 
So that's how we know that there's something that else that Yaakov desired to tell them. He didn't end up saying it to them, and therefore the Pasha doesn't tell us about what that is that Yaakov actually said. However, this still needs an additional clarification. The fact that there's a double language here in the Posik. So that teaches us He wanted to tell him something, but he didn't end up saying it. And it's not mentioned there either. But from where is the proof? How do we know that this other ideas that Yaakov wanted to share with them when he comes and invites them is to talk to them about the deepest secret of when will be the end of all days, when is going to be the time of the Gula? Isn't it possible? that there were other details that he wanted to reveal to them, more than what he actually said to them, with what will happen to them in the end of days. And for whatever reason, he was held back from revealing it to them. How do we know that it was this tremendous secret about when will be the end of all times that Yaakov wanted to share with them? So the explanation here is as follows. Isa Bezoya, Bezoya says, and this is explained in Chsidis as well. The Indian Gimel al there are three expressions in Hebrew, Dibor Amire Vahagoda. I'll try to translate this in English. Dibor, which means to speak, Amire, to say or to talk, and Vahagoda, to tell, to tell a tale. The difference between these different expressions, which seem to be the same thing when a person speaks and says something. Dibur hu The word dibur is when you are verbally, you're expressing something by mouth. Amira he believe. The term amira to express, to speak in the heart. Vahagoda, the term agoda to tell. Harehu milim the This is something that comes from a very deep source, words of wisdom that come from a high place. And the differences that there are from the differences that the differences that there are between these different expressions. Both Dibur and Amira are expressions that are used when a person is expressing something that's coming from an external place in his soul. When a person speaks something verbally, his mouth, it's possible that a person speaks and says something, and in his heart he doesn't feel at all what he's saying. So that's very external. Even something that someone says in his heart, speaking to himself, thinking to himself in his heart, it still doesn't necessarily reflect what's really going on in the deepest place of his soul. It still could be something that he's thinking and saying to himself in his heart, but it's not what's really going on in the deepest place of his true desire. And then Rebbe brings an example for this, the example of the famous Rambam that says, that a Yid is forced to fulfill a mitzvah, that there's a condition that he has to say, so the Yid will be forced to say, and the Rambam explains, what value does it have if the Yid actually says, if he's being forced to say, I want to do this. Because the fact that he in his heart feels that he doesn't want to do this, that's an oinus, that the Yitzhahara is forcing him to, not, to desire not to want this. 
And it's only the Yitzhahara that's bringing the desire to do an Aveda and not to fulfill his true Ratzin. The true and inner desire of every single Yid is to fulfill Hashem's will. So by forcing the person to say you will annul the Oynes and the Ratzin that comes about through this Oynes and by saying he's actually expressing what the true inner will of the Jew is. So what's happening over here? The person in his heart has a desire not to fulfill this mitzvah. But that's not his true inner will. The inner will is much deeper than that, and that's what's being expressed when he says, as We can clearly see this in this case. When he expresses, before he's being forced to say, I, yes, I do want to do this mitzvah, and he says, no, I don't want to, he's not just saying this externally that I don't want to do this. Even in his heart, he feels that he doesn't want to do this mitzvah. His eyes see, and his heart desires, and he has a desire to not do a mitzvah or to do an Aveda. So that's even in his heart. This desire in his heart is still considered to be an external place in his soul. That's only the external part of the heart of a Jew. The true innermost place in the neshama of a yid, in the soul, in his heart. A yid constantly, in every condition, wants to fulfill Hashem's will. So here's an example where we see that even internally, there are many layers in the existence of the person. There is the reitzani that a yid expresses, which expresses the true inner desire of a yid. And when a yid says he doesn't want to do the mitzvah, even if he's thinking this and he feels this in his heart as well, but that's not the real pnimius of a yid. So amira, which is belave, refers to something that a person says in his heart, but is not the true pnimius and the innermost place of the person. Now the expression of Agada, to tell a tale, refers to something that comes from a very deep source. This is drawing something from the innermost place in the heart. Therefore the Zayar says, That Hagada is an expression that's used to reveal secrets of the deepest wisdom. The Zaya there is referring with the words of wisdom to the secrets of Teireh. And it's the deepest secrets of Teireh that awaken and bring out and reveal the deepest secrets and the deepest places in the Neshama of a Yid. That's what the term Hagodah means. The same is also true when we use the term Hagodah talking about a revelation that comes from the Ebishter. Asher Pirusha, the meaning is, Hamshachas, Pnimius, Eirin Saif Begolik, drawing out and revealing the infinite essence of the Ebishter to be revealed. As the Gemara, as the Medrash itself says regarding the Agoda, which are the stories that you find in Chazal. Do you really want to get to know the Ebishter that created the world? Learn the stories in the Teirah, from this you will come to recognize and know the Ebishter that created the world. 
Ki ba'agode, p'nimiyus ha-teireh, and the stories of teireh, which includes, of course, also, all the deep secrets of teireh, me'eru mezgalam p'nimiyus v'sosam d'kotshu You have over there revealed and expressed the deepest essence of the Eibishter. So coming now back from this, to the expression that it says here in the Pasuk, Va'agidolochem, Yaakov says, Come, my children, gather and listen to me, and I will tell you. What's the term he uses? Va'agida, not dibur and not amira. So, over here, when Yaakov uses this term, va'agida, this hints to the fact that Yaakov wanted to reveal a very deep secret. Something that's very deep. The end of all time, the time of the Gula. This includes revealing the deepest, most secret to reveal the deepest part of the neshama, the deepest revelation of the Eivishter, through the deepest secrets of Teira. So it's the word which refers to Milan the Chochmas, as it says in Zayar, that hints to the fact that Yaakov wanted to share with his children the deepest, most secret. However, now we still have to understand the precise wording of what the Gemara here says. The Shechina was removed from Yaakov and he couldn't reveal the secret. The Gemara is trying to explain why is it that Yaakov did not reveal the secret. If so, the Gemara should have simply said that it was concealed, it was hidden from Yaakov. He couldn't reveal this. Or a similar expression. What does it mean when it says that the Shechina was removed from him? Also the question is, In the brachas, and the things that he tells his children afterwards, he does say things that are prophecies. That even after this, the Shechina was still on him and he was able to prophesy. So how could the Gemara say that the Shechina was removed from him? So the pshat and this expression of the Gemara, the nistalka mimenushchina is as follows. Yaakov bikish legalis levonov. Yaakov desired to reveal this to his children. The way he knows his children. The end of all times. The way Yaakov views his children. The way Yaakov sees him in his world. So he saw and consider them to be worthy after he gathers them and brings them and elevates them a certain preparation that he should reveal to them this deeper secret of the end of all times that's what Yaakov desired Yaakov in his world views his children on a very high level that they're worthy of this great secret so he says come gather and let me tell you when you'll gather, and you'll unify together, then I could reveal to you what will happen in the end of all times. It's the deepest secret of the time of the Giyula. That was Yaakov's desire. So now what happened? What he desired to do at that time, in other words, not that the Shechina was completely removed of him, the Shechina was removed of him regarding this that he was trying to do at that moment to reveal to his children the Ketz HaYamin. And what does it mean that the Shechina was removed from him? HaYechoyles LaHashkin Be'inyin Ze Gilea Ketz Lamata 
Shechina means to bring down, to bring down the dwelling of the Abishta below. The ability to bring down the gili of the Shechina, or the gili of the Kates to his children, that specifically is what was removed from him, that ability. Shezeo Pirish Loshin Shechina, we now understand why Chazal choose the term Shechina specifically, because the word Shechina means, as the Alter Rebbe says, Shechenes Omislabeshes, that the Abishta dwells and gets him clothed and comes down. So when it says it doesn't mean that the Shechina was completely removed of him, but in this Indian that he was trying to accomplish in that time to reveal to his children, the Shechina was removed from him in the sense that he wasn't able to bring it down to his children. meaning, Yaakov atzmai shor baruch. On Yaakov itself, the Shechina remained. Hagili doirin saif baruch. The revelation of the Eibishter gam la'achrekin, even after this. Sharei omolem divrei nevuakana. As we pointed out, Yaakov later prophesied. The Gamma Kates Atzmai Loinaskasamimeno, even more so from Yaakov himself, the Kates was not concealed. According to this language that the Gemara here uses, the Rebbe points out in order 19. In the Medrash, it does say Niskasamimeno, but the Gemara never says that. All the Gemara says, Nistalka Mimeno Shechina. Elosh and Nistalka Hashchina, which is Indian, Hagilu Lemato Shalbchinus Hakates, the ability to draw down and to reveal this to his children, that was concealed from him. Yaakov thought he can elevate his children and they can be on his level in his world. He viewed them being in his world and he could share with them the gili of the kites like he sees it. But when he came to reveal it, he had to bring it down to them on their level and that ability he, it was taken away from them. So this is a precise wording of the Gemara. And not that the kites was hidden from him. It's only the ability to bring down the revelation of this case to them, to his children, Nistalik Mimenov. It was that ability that was taken away from them. So the Lashon of the Gemara is perfect, exactly, precisely of what happened here. But now, if so, the question is, why does it say Nistalka Mimenu Implying that this is something that affected Yaakov Avinu himself. Didn't we just explain that Yaakov Avinu himself was not affected by this? And he, even after this, had the dwelling of the Shechina upon him. He still knew the Kates after this as well. So, that the Shechina was removed of him, of Yaakov himself. This only affected the Shvatim. So, if so... Maybe Chazal should have emphasized that it was only the, the children that lacked, that they didn't have this chos. is or a similar language. Nistalka Mimenu is saying that there's something that was removed of Yaakov himself. So the explanation is, The very fact that now Yaakov sees that his children are not worthy of hearing what's going to happen. In the Kates, this deep, this deep secret that Yaakov thought that he could reveal to his children. Paul Yeride Gambi Yaakov. This itself brings a Yeride, it brings Yaakov down from the level that he was on. We find an example for this by Moshe Rabbeinu, by the Chet Egel. The Ebishter tells him, Lech, Reid, Migdulascha, go down from your greatness. Your greatness is for the Yidin, for the purpose of the Yidin. So if the Yidin are not the way they should be, this caused the Yeridah and Moshe himself. And the same over here, although Yaakov on his own 
remained on his level, remained with the Shechina, and remained with the knowledge that he had. However, the fact that he can't share it with his children, that in itself is a Yerida for Yaakov as well. And therefore Chazal say, Nistalka Mimenu, that this caused the Yerida in Yaakov himself. Omnom Alpizei, ne move on, but now if so, the question is, why does this happen? Why does the Shechina and the ability to share this information of the deepest secret of the case removed of him when he desires to share it with his children. Yaakov's matzav is dependent on the matzav of his children, on the level of his children. In Cain, Why is this ability removed of Yaakov and this Yerida occurs to Yaakov after he desires to share it with his children? His children were in this condition that they were not worthy to hear the secret of the case even before. The example we brought before from Yidin and Moshe, so the Yidin were on a high level to receive from Moshe Rabbeinu, and then they sinned. So that brought the Yidin down, and also brought Moshe Rabbeinu himself down. But over here by Yaakov, his children, it turns out, were never worthy of hearing this tremendous secret. So there shouldn't have been the dwelling of the Shechina and this attempt of Yaakov to share the kites with his children from the beginning. So why was this only Nistalka after he actually attempted to share it with his children? To answer this, we can see this itself in the example that we're bringing here by Moshe Rabbeinu, by Chet Egel. But at this Moshe Menahar, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down with the Luchas. So he's coming to bring the Luchas to the Yidden. When he gets closer and he sees the eagle and the Yidden dancing there by the eagle, they became heavy in his hands. And Moshe Rabbeinu throws the Luchas out of his hands. The question is, why is Moshe Rabbeinu even bringing the Luchas originally? What is it new that Moshe Rabbeinu found out now that it became heavy and he threw it out of his hands? The eagle happened before this. Moshe Rabbeinu was well aware of the eagle, of the Chet eagle, even when he was still on the mountain. It's the Eibishter that told him what happened. Meaning, he didn't hear this from some source that he can doubt this, and only when you see it do you believe it. He heard it from the Ebishter himself. So, so why is the Luchas becoming heavy in his hands and he only throws it after he sees the Egel and the hidden deer by the Egel? So the answer is, as long as Moshe Rabbeinu is there on the mountain, He's completely removed and separated of everything that's going on in the reality in the world below. And he has no connection with what's happening in the world below. So this does not move and affect Moshe Rabbeinu or, or the level that he's on. Although he heard of this from the Yevishter, and he knew that this happened, however, being in that reality in Shemayim, on the mountain, it doesn't move him, it doesn't affect him. He's removed from it, he's in a completely different place. 
when he comes down from the mountain. And now he comes in direct contact with this reality and he sees it firsthand. He descends below. Now now this moves him, this affects him. Only then does it bring him down and Moshe Rabbeinu himself experiences a yiride and he throws down the luchas. So the same could be explained over here regarding Yaakov Avinu. Even before Yaakov called and gathered his children, they were not worthy of this revelation of the time of the Ketz. Nevertheless, in the world of Yaakov, in his reality, the Shechina was upon him, and the Shechina to share and reveal the Ketz was upon him. Yaakov being in his own reality, in his world, separated and removed of seeing their condition for what they are in their world, this did not affect him. The level that the, his children are on, that they're not worthy, did not move him, did not affect him. When he has to actually come down and reveal the secret to bring it down to their level, to his children, so then, here is where he has to go out of his world and create that relation to share it to his children to come down to their level. This is the time when he's not able to share it to them and now it brings about the Yeride even in him himself that he's not able to share it with his children. Like we see that it happened by Moshe Rabbeinu. However, the Rebbe says, it seems like what happened over here was an attempt that Yaakov made and it failed. And that's it. And we, there's nothing else that's written in the Torah about this. And there's no effect from this for any future generations. So, this is not the case. Since this attempt that Yaakov made to come and share with his children about the time of the Kates is written in the Torah. Move on. The fact that Yaakov desired to reveal this, it definitely had an effect, even in the world here below. This is something that the Torah tells us about. The Torah would not share this information with us, which is a Torah for every single Yid, that Yaakov had a desire to reveal the Ketz. What relevance is there if it had no effect? And even without this, it's also understood that what Yaakov attempted to do definitely had an effect. A desire of tzaddikim does not go empty. And definitely Yaakov's desire had an effect. And for this as well, we have an example from Moshe Rabbeinu. And here the Rebbe adds, Moshe and Yaakov are both one and the same. So it says in the Zoyar, Yaakov is on the outside and Moshe is on the inside. They're both an internal and external of one and the same level. Regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, When Moshe Rabbeinu davens, say, well, I want to go into Eretz Yisrael and see the land. What was the purpose of Moshe Rabbeinu going? And it specifically says that he wants to see the land. It's because Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't want to enter into the land for his own sake. It was for the sake of Yidin, to elevate Yidin, to see godliness in the land. To come to bring them to the level of Re'iyah. 
Paul, so Meshach Rabbeinu did accomplish this. Even though he never entered into the land, he brought down this level of Ria of seeing a lakos, but that makif on a makif the level. Bringing down this level of seeing a lakos internally on a deeper level that he did not accomplish. After this, he speaks to Yid and he says, "Shma, listen," which means Internally, they're only able to access the level of Shmi'ah to listen, to hear. was successful. What he attempted, what he davened for, was successful. That on a makif level, he was able to draw down the level of Ri'iyah, of seeing a lakos for all Yidin. So this is by Meish Rabbeinu. So we see that Meish Rabbeinu's tefillah had an effect. Similar, we could say, regarding Yaakov which attempts to reveal the deepest secret before he passes away, similar to Moshe Rabbeinu, before he passed away. Although the Shechina was removed of him, and therefore when he gathers them a second time, here he uses the term Shimu, similar to what it, similar to what it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, and the level, that he, the secrets that he wanted to reveal to them, he wasn't able, yet, the very fact that he gathered them, and he says, I will tell you, Yaakov gave the power to his children and to his descendants in all the, till the end of all days. That Yidin should come to this level of revealing the Ketz on a Makif level. As the Rebbe pointed out, the concept of Gilo Yaketz is revealing the deepest level of your Neshama, the deepest connection you have to the Ebishter. So this connection, this deepest level, is, was given to every year, the Koyach, to be able to reveal this, which is an Avedis Hashem Baifun Shalcheirus Me'yuma The ability to serve the Ebishter with absolute freedom, without any disturbance of any nations of the world or of any Yetzahara, to come to the deepest place of your Neshama. So this definitely had an effect and Yaakov was successful in giving this Kayach to all of his descendants and all generations. This is the conclusion of the Hezber of this Gemara in the Pshat of Bikish Yaakov Legalis Akeitz Lebonov Bikish Yaakov Legalis Lebonov Keitz Hayomim V'nistalkem Yemenu Shechina The Rebbe explained over here beautifully the desire of Yaakov and why it wasn't fulfilled what it means in Nistalkem Yemenu Shechina the Shechina wasn't completely removed of him the ability to share to his children, to bring it down, was removed. But yet, Yaakov's desire had an effect, as we've explained there in the Sikha. Now, the Rebbe comes back to the Rashi in this week's Parsha that also quotes this Gemara, but quotes it with changes. And here, very Bekitzer, the Rebbe points out the Pshat and the Rashi. The Pirish Rashi Beparsha Seinu. When Rashi quotes this Gemara, Gimel Shinuyim Meloshin Ashas. There are three changes from the way it's uh, said in the Gemara. Aleph, Hishma, Hishmit Tevas Labonov. Rashi leaves out the word Labonov that it says in the Gemara. Beis Hishmet Tevis Hayomin. Rashi te- leaves out the word Hayomin. He just says, Bikish Legalis Haketz. Gimel, Meisif, Behischel Oymed And Yaakov began saying other words. Why is Rashi adding this? And the fact that Rashi adds this, the question is, Aleph, Maikam What's Rashi explaining with this? that there was a new beginning. What does this mean that Rashi is emphasizing that there was a new beginning in what Yaakov said? 
The way Rashi quoted the Gemara is precise, and it, this is what fits into the Pshat of the Pasik, which is Shittas Rashi Bipirushe Alatayra, which is the way Rashi explains everything in his Pirush Alatayra. So, in very short, to answer these questions as follows. Aleph number one, Pirish Rashi Bo Alatevis Vagidolachem. The Pshat of Rashi here is on the words Vagidolachem, and I will tell you, which is his children. So it's not necessary for Rashi to quote the word Lebanov, which the Gemara quotes. Beis, Hachilat the Kates Hayomim, the Kates Hayomim, there's the Kates Hayomim, the end of all days, and Kates Hayomim with a nun which could also have a different interpretation. Kate Sayyamin could also be read Hayyamin, which means the right side, a revelation that comes from the right side of the Abishta, a great revelation. So they don't necessarily have the same meaning. This is not relevant for Rashi in the Pshat of the Pasik. Therefore Rashi just says that he wanted to reveal the Kate, the time of the Gula. Even in the Medrash as well, when it says this, it only says Kates, it doesn't say Kates Hayomen. The Kolshekem, the Pirish Rashi, the Pshutish Mikra, so therefore Rashi doesn't quote the word Hayomen. Or we can say alternatively, the Ledas HaMedrash Verashi, Kates Hayomen, the Kates Hayomen, 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 Hainuhach. These two expressions, Kates Hayomen and Kates Hayomen, mean the same thing, the end of all days. Hayomin does not mean something else. Although Rashi in the Gemara does say that Kate's Hayomin with a nun means the end of time when there's going to be the right side of the Eivishter which will be returned back to the Eden. So it does have a different pshat. But in the Medrash and in Rashi and Chumash, Kate's Hayomin and Kate's Hayomin mean the same thing. So there's no reason to add the word Hayomin. Gimel, now the third point where the question is, why does Rashi say, V'hischel the proof that we have in the Pshat of the Pasik that Yaakov attempted to reveal the secret of the Ketz. So before we explain, where do we see that Yaakov wanted to reveal such a deep secret? It's because the term Va'agido, Hagod, refers to a very deep secret. As it says in the Zoya, words of wisdom, that cannot be the source of Rashi in the Pshat of the Pasik. This is not... Rashi's source. If so, our question remains, from where do we see that there was something so deep that Yaakov wanted to reveal? Isn't it possible that Yaakov wanted to share additional details of what's going to happen in the end of all days? In addition to details that he said later. In other words, even if we're going to say that because it says here, so it's clear that Yaakov attempted to reveal something about the end of all time, the time period of the Giyula, but how do we know that he wanted to reveal this deepest secret of Achres Maybe there was just additional details describing what's going to happen he already revealed some of them later in his prophecy, and there was other details that he wanted to also share together with what he said later. So therefore Rashi emphasizes and says, after Rashi brings the words of the Pasuk where it says, Yaakov says, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. And then you look in the Pasuk and you don't see any follow-up. There's no continuation of what it says that Yaakov says, I want to tell you something. This that he tells them afterwards. What he says later is something completely new. There's no relation with what he attempted to say to them first 
and what he ended up saying to them later. Two totally separate things. That's what Rashi is emphasizing over here. So even though you may think that it says Achres Hayamim, he wants to tell them something about Achres Hayamim. Oh, so we see later he spoke to them also things about Achres Hayamim. So perhaps what he wanted to say to them now is also related to Achres Hayamim. So therefore Rashi emphasizes, no, two separate things. What he attempted to say now, the Teda doesn't say anything about. There was no Hemshech to that. What was said later is not a follow-up for what he attempted to say earlier. He began a new thing, what he said later, there's no connection. The fact that what he said later is a new beginning. That's understood in the Pshara the Pasuk. It's not necessary for Rashi to explain this. As we pointed out in the beginning, that Yaakov says again, he Gather, come. So Yaakov is saying something completely new. So according to Rashi, it's clear that Yaakov is saying something about Achres Hayamim. Because it says here in the Pasuk, Achres Hayamim. However, what about Achres Hayamim? Not anything in relation to any of the prophecies that he said later about Achres Hayamim. Because that is not related to what he said now, there was no Hemshech. What he says now, what he attempted to say now was one thing, and what he says later is something totally different. What is it that he wanted to say now? The deepest secret of the cats. And that's something that has no hemshech, and that's what he said later was something totally different. That's in the Pshat, in Rashi, in Pshutish Mikra, of the way Rashi presents this Maim Chazal. So now the lesson that we take out from this Maim Chazal is as follows. There are those that look and make a calculation regarding the generations, how the generations are getting less and less as far as the stature and the greatness of the people and their ability to serve Hashem is going lower and lower. So they say to themselves, How is it possible? Our generation, which can be compared to a generation like people that have no father. And we are the ones that are going to be deserving to the revelations of the upcoming Yulah. Earlier generations that were so much more worthy, seemingly, did not merit to these great revelations. It's our generation that's worthy for these, genera- for these uh, revelations. Over here the lesson is, When Yaakov desires to reveal this secret to his children, This has an effect. This does empower all Yidin in all times. And specifically, it empowers Yidin in a time period of darkness when you see a silik of Shechina, where you don't see a revelation of the Shechina. That's really what Nistalka Mimena Shechina means. Not only referring to Yaakov himself, but referring to a time period of Siluk Shechina, the Adle, the Siluk, the Helem, the the greatest helm, the greatest concealment that we experience in our generation, when there's such a double darkness, that even now, everyone has the constant ability to affect, that in any moment, to bring down the revelation of Mashiach. So this is a completely new way of reading the Rashi. Bikish Yaakov, legal is Laban of Ketza Yamin. Yaakov desires, and the desire of a tzaddik is fulfilled and has the effect to reveal to his children the Ketza Yamin, to have the ability to bring down the Giyullah. In the time when there's a Silika Shechina, he's drawing it down into that time period of the Silika Shechina. That's what Yaakov accomplished. 
and the truth is, the argument people make that our generation is definitely not worthy. This itself is the greatest proof that we've actually arrived to the time for the revelation of Mashiach. The Gemara clearly says, Mashiach will come at a time when all people's attention will be diverted from Mashiach. What does this mean? When we will be living in a time period, no logic will say that it's possible that now will be the time of the Giyula. It seems like it's not a time that it's possible at all. This is actually the greatest sign that this is the time for the Giyula. How do we know that this is the Pshad of Hesach Maybe Hesach simply means that we take our mind and our attention off Mashiach when a person is not thinking about Mashiach. How do we know Hesach means a time period that it seems unlikely for Mashiach to come? It doesn't mean, Chazal are not saying, God forbid, that a person should not be thinking constantly and awaiting the coming of Mashiach. That it should be Hesach Adas, a person should divert his attention away from Mashiach. On the contrary, a great foundation in the Amun of Yidin is not only to believe in the coming of Mashiach, but to await the coming of Mashiach. So rather, when Chazal say that the time of Mashiach is when it's Behesach Adas, not looking at the fact, that the person looking logically does not see any room for this being the time worthy for Mashiach to come. We believe and here we come to a deeper pshat in Hesach Adas, that we believe that Mashiach comes in a time of Hesach Adas, meaning in a time when the Yidin are steadfast in their amuna, which is higher than Seichel, and that a person believes in the coming of Mashiach, even though logically he doesn't see it, but yet he connects and believes higher than Seichel, it's through this level of Amunah that Ben David Bod, Mashiach, will come, Bekarev Mamish, speedily in our times.